This is Hitting the Mark. Conversations with founders about the intersection of brand clarity and startup success. With your host, brand strategist and author, Fabian Geierhalter. People begin to wonder what the kind of brand equity is or how it was established, but again, it goes back to the things that you build up over time. I, I think when you have that clarity of thought, clarity of focus, have your brand pillars, you know, very well understood and integrate kind of brand out decision making and everything you do, that's, that's what it amounts to over time. And then people are like, oh man, how did you get there? Like, well, it was, it was intentional. <laughs> this was Sahan Dilmagani, who founded Terra Cafe, an innovative at-home espresso brewing machine that seeks to upend the environmentally disastrous use of pods. Inspired by European coffee culture and the Bauhaus design movement, the TK01 machine is a beautiful piece of design simplicity, and Sahand and I dive deep into sustainability, the perhaps misunderstood made-in-China brand, rituals associated with coffee, pinning down a target audience while offering a table stakes item like a coffee machine, and how to build a lifestyle brand. An absolutely delightful conversation. So pour yourself a cup and enjoy Sahan's insights into building a brand from scratch. Welcome to the show, Sahan. Thank you for having me, Fabian. Oh, it's it's great. It's great to have you. Um, you raised seven and a half million dollars for Terra Cafe. At least that's the latest number I have. Um, which is described as an innovative at-home espresso brewing machine that seeks to upend the environmentally disastrous use of pots. It's inspired by European coffee culture um, and, and the Bauhaus design movement and the TK01 machine, your current, your current uh, machine or your flagship machine. It's a, it's a beautiful piece of design simplicity. On, on the surface level, though, um, there, there are many other machines on the market that use whole beans and feature one touch and give you espresso drinks in return. What makes your offering so innovative and, and what sparked you going into, into this industry and into product? Uh, because product is usually kind of just idle. So tell us a little bit about, about that journey. Yeah, I mean, I can just, you know, kind of in reverse order share how I started out was working originally in uh, electric vehicles. So I was working uh, within a German startup in the e-vehicle space within a finance capacity at the time, but just by virtue of uh, speaking speaking Chinese and uh, in a multitude of random languages, uh, <laughs> got a lot of exposure to the production and manufacturing side of complex hardware businesses. And for me, it was it was one of these things where I felt like I checked that trifecta box of, you know, uh, opportunity, you know, uh, competency and passion. And for me, coffee was always a, a category that I had uh, a, a deep affinity for and was just a big part of my life uh, as, a, as an enthusiast. But um, kind of looking at, at the landscape, it was quite interesting because you're right, there were there were other brands that were out there that were trying to provide people this um, higher quality, um, you know, bean to cup coffee experience. But when I was just getting started while I was still living abroad, I was um, researching, you know, the category, I guess, in a way, de decoupling the kind of 
passion side of coffee from the business side of coffee was looking at the space and just realized that you know when we think of coffee we think of 5000 brands and in reality if you looked at our space there was actually more into about five brands that mm -hmm. were in the space and it was when you really got the, the 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 selection that was out there how what what exists to graduate people away from single use plastic and aluminum coffee capsules you you had a handful of options that were incredibly dated in terms of their user interface the industrial design the 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 kind of overall just experience was 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 lacking and very antiquated and it's not to kind of denigrate the the, the kind of heritage brands in our space mm -hmm. but it was just to recognize that there was a lot of opportunity and it, it was clear to me because i was working in complex hardware it's just a hard category to get into it's not even though we were seeing people wanting an alternative to coffee capsules um you know you, you know the, the the big guys of course and nespressos of the world and so on um it, it was really interesting to notice that there didn't seem to be a brand that resonated with modern consumers. And that's where, as, as I kind of always try to impart on other founders is you never really know if you've nailed the idea when it's just in the idea phase, you, you need to carry theory over into practice. But the more and more I got into the, into the industry and to this product category and, and was just getting out into the streets and kind of stomping, you know, <laughs> stomping payment or pounding payment, as they say, to, to get the word out on the business, um, the more I found it was resonating, the more I found that people were really looking, they were seeking uh, a solution like this. Super interesting, because when you, when, you look at, uh, when you look at the offering out there and you just go by sheer functionality, right, and like size and all of that, it's pretty close, but when you go to that idea of wait a minute, there's there's a there's a Starbucks and there's an espresso and there's an you know there there are a couple of brands out there that that kind of like made it over to the lifestyle um, portion of it, and not mm. that consumers are very happy about that, right? Like some of them just cling on because it's so convenient and they've done it forever, right? Um, mm. You know, including myself at times. <clears throat> um, <laughs> but I can't wait for the Nespresso machine to die, and then obviously I'm jumping over um, because it does make a lot of sense. <laughs> Uh, your value prop but it's really it's it's very much like you're you're entering into into a lifestyle uh market even though it's a coffee machine is that is that true to say I, absolutely i think that the the space that this this product occupies in our lives really is is one that is very you know personality defying or, or it, I, you identify who you are with how you drink your coffee oftentimes you hear people say you know how hot they like it, how strong they like their cup of coffee. It's, it's really like who you are as an individual is how you take your coffee in a way. And, and in many ways, I think that there was, um, that's where I really felt like there was a lack of almost uh, uh, appreciation or respect for the space that the, 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 these products occupy in our lives. And we always say it's kind of like a, a two partner decision. Like you're gonna often see that, you know, in that consideration, of what you're going to get for for your home you, you you're going to deliberate you're going to think about it you're going to spend time making that kind of judgment call of of you know what's what's going to be the the device to 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 kind of get us started every morning like they say that the expression of the the, the morning is the childhood of the day you know if you treat it right mm -hmm. you're going to carry your head up higher you're going to feel better make better decisions it's it's really important. I, and that's where I think it's such a, a rich territory to build a strong brand is, is 
people really associate in a very visceral way with what they what they what they drink or, or how they take their coffee and I think that's where I got really intrigued by seeing what was out there and, and noticing that, you know, you got to kind of earn that spot, so to speak. Mm -hmm. and, and the bar keeps going up across the board in different product categories. And there was just very, very little innovation and, and, and frankly, little pressure to, to move the goalpost further out. And that's kind of where, where I saw, you know, an entry point for Terra Cafe. Well, that that makes tons of sense, and you were uniquely you were uniquely able to do that based on your based on your product too. Um, before we jump into deeper into the product manufacturing, all of that good stuff, let's let's stick a little bit to 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 the tribe and kind of like to to that to that to that vibe that 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 you bring into someone's someone's room. I mean, you said something really important of how your day starts it has so much to do psychologically with where you want to take it right and i i'm mm. i'm i'm holding a lot of uh, brand workshops and a lot of them are with with uh you know with companies in europe or companies in asia and so i have to get up at four in the morning sometimes and it's dreadful and i have to be right. i have to be my best right and then you know come five o'clock and i and i you know there's this there's this highlight before it's showtime where i i brew coffee right and where where i have right. that that sound and that smell and it's this multi-sensory experience which you with with the visual part you 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 add a layer to that which so far you know like you said it's kind of like it's been missing or it's been very standard very traditional but it is it is it is a big moment uh in 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 a day and i think that the way that uh, especially here in the us the the way that we have been trained with going out making it a journey right and and getting getting coffee at, at an espresso bar um or you know for 90% of people or whatever at the starbucks right it's like yeah, that right. there there's there's something you know, there's something beautiful about making that journey because, like, if if I go to some of my specialty roasters, um, I make it a point, and I, and I go to at least you know once or twice a weekend, and and I love it, right? It, it's an experience, and and I love every single bit of that taste. But during the week, um, also looking at sustainability, which is important for you, just constantly driving around the cars, you know, just to get a small little like you know the espresso shot. <laughs> It's right. it's kind of it's kind of idiotic. So I, I think there's there's a lot of it. A lot of it has to do with um, with bringing creating that experience um, at at home. And you said something really interesting on your website um, as a brand. You you know you you talk about how reading while sipping coffee is really going hand in hand. Um, and so you created the online TK Mag. I think you've just done this very very recently. But I'm interested to know how that is going and how important you start as, as your brand is, you know, is, is, is expanding and is getting, is getting bigger. How important do you feel content creation is, is, is to the strength and to the spread of your brand and, and why you're leaning into this? Yeah. I mean, that's a, it's a great question. And the, the, the short answer is simply that we value it very heavily and we put a big emphasis on it. I, I believe if you're trying to build an indelible brand, especially if it's a if it's a product that holds a very significant place in your your daily ritual, it is incredibly important to offer a number of different kind of avenues and mediums in which you can express what your brand identity is. It's almost the same way you're talking about how uh, you know 
coffee hits all the senses, the aroma, that olfactory sense, the taste, the, the, even the texture, the mouthfeel, right? Like it's the same thing. Like you want to make sure your brand in many ways hits all the senses and is, is in a way kind of omnipresent that it makes it really clear who you are. And I think that's really important in, in virtually any brand, but it is something that we think about a lot in terms of the significance of the, the kind of space we occupy. We care a lot about making sure that uh, there is a, a, a clean, a, a kind of clear and clean understanding of, of who we are as a company and then what we represent, what we advocate for. So for example, a lot of what that content is around, what we try and draw attention to is also our kind of involvement in the community, um, our connection to, 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 to coffee roasters that, you know, operate ethically and responsibly, our, our, you know, commitment to just our local communities here in New York scheduling, you know, uh, um, Coordinate, coordinating a, a beach cleanup with one of the local surfing clubs and um, just all sorts of different things we're, we're doing. I think, you know, oftentimes it's easy to trivialize, but I think that those are the things that can amount to a lot over time and, 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 and not doing it could actually be rather pernicious in how people think that, okay, it's easy to say like, this isn't necessarily uh, going to move the needle tomorrow in, in the brand becoming, uh, you know, uh, either operating at a certain level of scale or getting a certain level of notoriety, I think it's really easy to kind of brush it off to the side. But um, given that that is a big part of who we are, I, I, I felt it was important that we integrate that into, you know, this new, new site we just pushed live about a month ago now to, to, to kind of create that platform for, for our team that does this so much. It's almost funny. We do a lot of these things and sometimes uh, we we don't really put it out into the ether. We don't, we, or I would say historically, we were not just because of certain constraints on bandwidth and whatnot. But um, as we've been growing, as we've been doing more of these, more of these events and just putting more, more kind of emphasis and investment in them, we really want to be that, that, that platform for others to tell their story or just to share more about what the company stands for. I love every single word that just came out of your mouth in the last five minutes. I, absolutely. I mean, that's, and, and I mean, that is the difference between creating a brand that people love and a, and a more lifestyle focused brand versus being an appliance, right? And you go to Lowe's right. or Home Depot and you pick one of the three, you know, because it has right. one of those features that you want and the price that you need. And that's it. That's not a brand. Like you don't talk about that to your friends or, or you're excited to show that off. That is a necessity, right? And I think that's a very different level at which you, which you operate. You brought up something that, 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 that I would like to go a little bit deeper into because it's, it's fascinating. Um, you're obviously a consumer brand um, for, for the majority. I'm sure you sell to businesses too, especially smaller ones. But yeah. you mentioned you mentioned a conversation about roasters, right? And 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 so roasters inherently usually are also serving uh, serving coffee to to customers, and so they're in a way could be seen as competitors or you could be seen as a competitor, right? Because now you provide um, your their audience, you know, a great machine to actually brew it at home. Obviously they're selling beans, so you know that 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 that's a plus. But do you how is that relationship between coffee shops and roasters and your brand? And how do you kind of like create that uh, that that synergy to use a word I hate so much, but it's the only one that came up. <laughs> No, I, I, I think it's, I mean, it, it goes back to the brand pillars, right? Of, you know, we, we, we have these, these two pillars of, of sustainability and education. And I think that, you know, in a way that it's exactly 
the genesis of the company was offering people a solution to graduate away from these kind of single-use pods and these closed ecosystems, which have nothing to do with 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 freshness or with quality. It is a you know profitable business engine, which is I, I understand you know the need for that in a way, but at the same time, it's you know recognizing the fact that these this this plastic and aluminum we were introducing into the equation is actually muddling the process to get you the freshest cup and for us if we don't kind of let's say live and die by the same you know economics as as the pod manufacturers um it's all the more reason that we try and get people acquainted with with incredible roasters across the country um, to learn their stories, you, you kind of said it yourself about people kind of going out of home and and seeking kind of this this incredibly enjoyable cup of coffee. The bar keeps going up in terms of you know how much attention to detail is happening there. But uh, you know, as people are learning about pet, then we realize, okay, well, you want to bring this experience home. And and if you start off, if you have your favorite bag and 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 you want to bring that experience home and you want to use it out on a machine, amazing. If you want to learn more about uh, some of these incredible roasters across the country that we work with, and you want to try out their coffee, great. That's it. That's also going to be for us an amazing first experience with the product, which mm -hmm. is obviously going to help our our our, our business as well. Yeah. In a way, you know, it's I don't want to use the phrasing of trash in trash out. I mean, mm -hmm. said it, but you know, you know, there's also an element of that is that um, kind of kind of lending a hand, so to speak, and and getting people started with. A great quality uh, a bag and 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 translating that ultimately into what you're enjoying every morning. So that's 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 you're you're absolutely right that you you could see it that way in in the sense that you know that's just another business we're trying to draw attention to. But in in many ways, I think it's a symbiotic relationship. Lots of synergy, so much synergy. <laughs> don't do it, don't do it. But I know you do it, <laughs> and it's a good thing. It's a good thing. But um, 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 talking about talking about uh, beans, I, I believe you started shipping or your own branded beans, or or, or you start actually making that a, a side part of uh, of the business. Is that correct? That's 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 spot on. We we've been working with right now a number of different roasters it was actually from moving back to the us and just getting started even before we had launched the 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 tko1 espresso machine we were just building relationships with different roasters uh initially here just in the local kind of new york region um it's a little bit like the you know the wine community in a way it's a, mm -hmm. it's a little bit of like an old economy world and it takes while a while to build trust and for us it was important to just spend time with them <laughs> really that's ultimately what it boiled down to at the beginning was really just sitting together and enjoying a cup of coffee as you could probably imagine <laughs> and um and 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 of course those relationships blossomed over time and that's also where absolutely we sell their we sell um we affectionately call it our roaster roster, um, hmm. where we we have them on our website, where people can you know as they're thinking about purchasing the espresso machine, can also learn more about great roasters by along with their purchase of the machine, and uh, and and kind of just get started off on the on the right foot, so to speak. That's awesome. So did they get the right experience from the get go with 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 beans and roasters where you feel like th that brings the best out of out of the experience, right, of your machine? Um, exactly. Do, do they like do they ship direct or or do you actually store the beans? How does that work from a logistical point of view? 
<laughs> great. No, it's a great question. We 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 have them shipped direct to direct, direct to consumers. So we 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 don't um, do any sort of warehousing ourselves as far as 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 far as centralizing all of the all of the coffee. So we have to have a very kind of hand in glove relationship with the roasters to make sure that things are shipped in a timely manner. But ultimately that boils down to freshness. It's you're gonna get the freshest, freshest experience and bag of coffee if it's coming straight from the roasting facility. And 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 was there ever was there ever a conversation? I'm sure there was because it's at the heart of your brand, uh is, is the sustainability story. Is it, and maybe this is a chicken, chicken and egg situation, right? But is it, is it more sustainable to ship beans from New York to California because I'm buying one of your, one of your machines, or would it be more sustainable for me to walk around the corner and pick one up at a local intelligentsia or somewhere like that? And, and how, how does that work? You hit the nail on the head. That's exactly why we wanted to have kind of a, Uh, a, a regional breakout of, of different roasters. Of course, when we started in New York, just awesome. being local here, it was it was easiest to meet with people um, that were you know a stone's throw away. But over time, we always had the strategy where we wanted to allow people to have a regional selection. And of course, you know you can kind of skate to where the puck is going uh, and figure out that you know we want to keep expanding that and working with people even you know on a on a more local level across the across mm -hmm. the country that's fantastic so based on your zip code it's like hey here here are three local yeah, roasters yeah. that we really like i mean if that's ever the case and you know i mean that's obviously that takes a little bit of time but um that's a very cool vision yeah and we want it to always be very curated with the list too so it kind of ultimately goes back to the kind of brand values and and making sure that also that we're being an advocate for people that share those share those values and It's, there's just so many great, you know, roasters to work with across the country that it was, it's yeah. exciting for us. It's a huge opportunity to, to, to build relationships, but also, frankly, also just learn more. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And, and I heard you, um, I listened, I listened uh, to an interview of yours uh, prepping for the show today. Um, I think it was a pretty recent interview. And you talked about empathy, which I know is a buzzword in, in branding and, and, and business alike. But you <laughs> talked about empathy as it related to your staff, as it related to the culture that you're, you're building. Now, on the brand side, How do you how do you gain empathy with your users, especially as you scale the brand? Like, or in in, in different words, um, let me rephrase this: You are selling, in a way, you're selling you're selling coffee and the taste of coffee and bringing that home and having having that convenience. Um, as, as, a, as, a, as a D 2 C brand, most customers can't taste your coffee pre purchase, right? So so what do right. they buy, right? Do they buy the design? Do they buy the functionality? Or do they buy the brand story? And I know you're going to say all three, but that's cheating. So what what does what does the data show you? Like what are what are some of the key purchasing triggers that you see in your audience? if they can't taste the actual result i i you're i mean you're hit touching on one of the one of the most interesting findings i had when starting the company and and frankly one of the toughest things in the early days when we were just trying to work through exactly what we wanted the communication to be to to any prospective customer or anybody just trying to learn more about the company because we were we were originally you know taking this approach of of elevating Uh, elevating the kind of coffee experience and and really of course focusing on the kind of conscientious consumer but to a certain extent when we got into market what we quickly realized was 
we we don't have a, a monolithic persona or kind of cohort that is very easy to say okay like it's the i think the quintessential uh you know kind of beachhead market clear focus story is always that kind of rx bar was i think in the early days just going after crossfitters and uh it was super clear you know who they were hitting where they were getting their attention how they were communicating to them and then you think about coffee and you're thinking okay 70 percent of americans are not just coffee consumers they're daily coffee consumers they that this is a myriad of household types of people that consume coffee differently every day and, and and at different times of day so from their morning cup to maybe your kind of post lunch coffee maybe an espresso martini in the evening <laughs> you know there's 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 all of these different kind of moments that you can mark and all these different types of individuals are selling to and you know uh <laughs> it's turning a bit into a long story long, I suppose, but in, it's a good in, story. In the, and we're excited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it was a really good finding and it was a good challenge because we realized, okay, like, yes, of course, to a certain extent, we do sell to uh, a more, uh, there, there is a, a cohort of customers that are on the more affluent side and they're of course communicating to us how much the, the design, the sustainability element, the, the quality of the coffee resonates with them. But the reality of it is, it's it's not just for that type of persona. It really does mm -hmm. extend up and down that kind of HHI stack or household income stack, where we we have people. Um, you know, there's plenty of people in the kind of like middle class customers, very classic, having you know uh, two Starbucks a day, and they're telling us, look, they they also love the design, they also love the quality. Um, but this is also to a certain extent um, regulating. A little bit of their 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 out of home consumption or what they almost felt like their hands were tied to that mm -hmm. they weren't going to Starbucks for the experience and the who is today was, who yeah, is today yeah. come on it's like it's just authoritarian yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that's what it is it's a convenience it's <laughs> yeah. yeah um but it's 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 uh it it, it definitely um was interesting because it was a good challenge for us to say okay like in building that that brand identity and that messaging we need to be clear it's not going to be a silver bullet that resonates with everybody um so you know i'm tiptoeing my way back into saying it's all three <laughs> as you alluded <laughs> i know to, what you're doing it, here i'm waiting yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> um but it, it it really it was a it was a great um it was a great exercise in understanding our customers and then and, and in a way also allowing us to learn you know never to be di didactic or, or 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 bombastic in our language or not trying to force people in a way to say okay like we, we obfuscate what it does to make a sale no never never because in our category we we know we win in that consideration phase when you're looking for a bean to cup espresso machine um it's it's for a multitude of reasons it, it really is but um it, we know that we are an incredible offering for the people that need that in their life. But the reality of it is we also spend a lot of time educating people on what mm -hmm. their needs might actually be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, I think that's fascinating because you have one of these products where if you ask who needs this product, you would say 
everyone, right? Like it's kind of like, yeah. well, like, so, you know, and those are always the toughest brands to, to define because here you are with a certain mindset of like, these are design savvy people, you know, they're, they're, they're a certain kind of the way that you started off, right? You're like, well, this is for someone who, who values design, who values, you know, who really understands coffee and, and values espresso drinks and all of this stuff. Right. And then in the end, you're out in the market and you've got someone, someone on, on Instagram saying, what 800 something dollars are you guys insane and and i'm like really <laughs> like, i mean it's like if you're in that market and if you look around this is a you know it's not like it's not like you're outpriced you know it's not so yeah because it is coffee and it's a coffee machine at the end of the day you will attract everyone in one way or the other and then how do you create your tribe that defends you right i think that that's right. really that's that's what's really really key right Absolutely. Super interesting. So um, I saw on your LinkedIn that you, you got an MBA at Inseed or, or Wharton or both, or you got two MBAs. I don't know. There was some MBA action. <laughs> like Pokemon cards. Got to catch them all. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Uh, overachiever. And only answer this in one of the languages, you know. But um, the, the, the last years of starting up um, uh, Terra Cafe um, or the MBAs, uh, which one was more valuable to you? <laughs> i didn't oh, say this was you're easy really putting me into the corner i gotta so it's gotta be either or huh mm -hmm. not either one of the two two mbas but but like like you know like studying for the mba and going through an mba program whichever whichever one that is right um or actually spending those you know two two years um three years whatever it was starting up Terra Cafe, which of the two experiences do you feel like you actually learned more about um, about about business? We all know the answer. You can you just you just have yeah, to say yeah. it. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> as much as I love a bit of diplomacy, I'm gonna say unequivocally the latter. Yeah, the latter. It is you know, I think learning by doing is is it it it, it sounds of course obvious and and table stakes, but to a certain extent the velocity of learning is what needs to be highlighted the most. The, the, mm -hmm. the, the speed at which you get exposed. I, I, am, I am a stern believer in, in um, kind of going down maybe the conventional academic path in a way to get a strong foundation. I think it can be very yeah. helpful. And I hesitate or I, I exercise a bit of reticence to, to steer anyone away from such a thing. But as far as you know, where you're going to learn the most and, and learn the fastest, especially as it pertains to a startup, uh, it's doing it. And the funniest thing is the people that I, I talk to uh, oftentimes, I, I um, you know, at this point, try and pay it forward and talking with a lot of earlier stage founders, mm -hmm. you know, on, on, on uh, typically kind of carving out some time on Sundays to do that. It's, 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 it's great, but there's also oftentimes this notion of like, yeah, okay, but I want to build something, but um, it, it's just not there yet. Like the idea is not there yet, or I don't really have the idea. I just really want to do something. And it's important in these moments, I find, um, I, I hope I don't lead anybody astray with this or, or down a too tough of a path, but I do think that it's, it's almost impossible to just theoretically before doing feeling like you've nailed down an idea that is 100% bulletproof. It just doesn't, <laughs> I don't think it exists. And yeah. I think that anybody who's done this knows that you, you make so many kind of iterations and pivots and turns in the mm -hmm. journey 
that to suggest that you would have this this plan, you know, whatever it is, a pitch deck, an eighty page business plan, whatever, it's it's not gonna be. You're not gonna follow that to the word. You won't because yeah. yeah. that's that's actually being a good operator is being in field, listening to customers, listening to, to or or doing kind of you know whatever you choose to do, design thinking approach ahead of time, sitting down, doing interviews, um, surveys, whatnot. It's those are all valuable things, but it's only as valuable as much as you pay attention to them, listen to them, and make changes, or uh, are, are willing to make changes based off of that. And that's that's I think um, one of the most important things is just in getting started is is recognizing that malleability, if that's even a word. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah. You, you, the willingness to to kind of iterate is it's just so valuable and it's some of the things you see in the most you know persistent uh founders out there is their just willingness to to adapt to the moment and i love i i, I actually love where this question um took us with the answer because uh, what you said is so important um it's not just about starting starting a company that you hopefully might want to turn into a brand eventually if it starts sticking right but but that process of pivoting, and it's such a horrible word, but but that process yeah, of another one of these overused words. Yeah, right. It's uh, you know, feel forwards. Yeah, good. Whatever. It's like you know, really, what 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 it what it means is exactly what you just said, and I love the way that you framed it. It's the willingness, right? Um, because you know, I I just started a product uh, a product uh, startup, and uh, and it got to that level where everything went wrong every day so often that i that i almost got depressed and i'm a very optimistic yeah. person and at some point i realized i should just write my next book about about this journey because it's complete insanity when you've never done it it is just i mean it is complete insanity and now i'm actually laughing every time there's something horrible happening to the to the company or with the company or with the product or because i'm just like this is great for the book <laughs> So, but but I, that willingness where I see, okay, I, I already spent X amount of money, right, bootstrapped on this on this product startup, and now I'm pivoting again, and I'm going to a new manufacturer, and I'm starting it over, and I'm starting it differently. But that's that's usually where someone says, you know, screw it, that's it. But the couple that don't say it. There's such a huge percentage that they're actually going to make it, or at least I say that to myself because I'm in the middle. <laughs> I'm, I'm right there right now. Um, yeah. It's really that willingness where you just say, no, like we, we can make this happen and it makes sense that we got that feedback or it makes sense that this one production, you know, uh, had this issue. And, and it's, um, right. yeah, it's, 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 it's really, it's really important. Um, you knew this was coming Absolutely. or maybe you didn't, uh, but, you know, uh, you know, talking about sustainability and, and, and that being at the heart, also knowing about your background of, 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 of sourcing product, of, of, of understanding how, 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 how Made in China works and all of that. How, how does that Made in China brand work with sustainability? Was there no way around it? Or how, do, how much do you embrace it, actually? <laughs> you know, like, like, do you embrace it or do you feel like it goes against the philosophy? Or how do you, how do you, how do, you do that? Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's actually funny how I kind of almost look at that as connecting, connecting back to the last question of just like um, kind <laughs> of getting you know getting getting out there and 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 learning by doing i, I almost it, it was, because it used to be one of these things i would joke about all the time about you can go through a business school and university mba what have you and you don't you really like you learn theoretically what manufacturing means but there's almost never the case that you actually understand what it looks like in in reality and and practice and and 
even just demystifying manufacturing in in Asia as a whole, I think, is so interesting um, as a as an entire kind of like curriculum that we don't really dive that deep into in any sort of these in in, in any sort of these conventional you know business programs. And I there's a huge difference. I, I love this topic. There's a huge difference if you know manufacturing in China with you know a a, a, a mom and pop shop a a massive, massive corporation, you know, some of the biggest mm -hmm. uh, manufacturing plants in, in the world that, you know, everyone knows the names. Uh, it's, 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 a, what is it, you know, the Foxcons and the, all of them, it's, yeah. you know, yeah. the, the, these are, there's a, there's a huge spectrum and how you establish a relationship with a, a manufacturer, how you get to know who they are, how they operate, how they treat their people, you know, at, at, at what scale do they do they operate? At what quality? You know, uh, control standards. It's it's at, at what sustainability standards? I mean, these 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 all have uh, credentials and 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 effectively, you know, auditing that brands should do when they're getting to decide who they're going to be working with because it is truly a partner in in the relationship of building the company. You have yeah. to look at it that way. You cannot look at it like we're on opposite sides of the table. So. I, I I don't shy away from it. I actually you know lean into it uh, again to, <laughs> to 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 not I, I I think to not hide away from those topics. It's really important because mm -hmm. ultimately, if there is something that you feel that you need to obfuscate, then you should probably work to address it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like it's mm -hmm. the the smoke and mirrors play. I think only works so far. It's it's why I admire you know the the pillars of the Everlanes of the world is because mm -hmm. they lean into that being something that they knew was one uh, a point of concern and two often misunderstood mm -hmm. and, and it's it's, it's the me, brand right i mean it's the brand made right, in china right. it's only one brand like it's exactly. the made in china brand the way that i put it too right but there's there's much more to it and you are so 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 that is part of your brand where you actually want to educate and you 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 don't want to you don't want to hide that Exactly. I think that that's 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 one of those things that I actually did. I really did like, uh, you know, how if you, you you know go to the Everlane store and you they show you they give out cards saying, yeah, this was made in Dongguan, and you're like, wow, okay, amazing. And you know, as someone yeah. who travels the world and and kind of goes everywhere, I'm almost you know, it's not a crusade, so to speak, but it's uh, certainly. I think it's important as someone who feels very connected on a on a global scale having lived and worked in China, having lived and worked in the US, having lived and worked in Germany, lived and worked in France. I think that it's, there's these connecting through lines that I think, especially at this time, or, um, you know, what the current zeitgeist is, I think it's really important to also just try and, in a way, bring people together around, uh, around these kind of topics, or, or at least to work to try and create more harmony and in, in unity, but uh, not to be overly uh, philosophical or esoteric now, but I, I really, you know, find that as something that's important and as much as it might be jarring or, or, or a turnoff for some, I think it's worth it as a brand to make an effort to try and make it not feel so exotic or so alien and understand what does that really mean? What does that really look like? Mm -hmm. No, this is fascinating. That I'm excited to build content, content around too. That's actually, as you can probably imagine, with the pandemic, it's it's been harder um, mm -hmm. to um, travel and 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 do the things we'd want to do as as we've grown over the past few years. But it's 
very high up on our list is something that we're excited to build more content around, um, kind of following in the footsteps of others. I would absolutely love to see that. I think it's a, I think that's absolutely fascinating, um, especially especially tied to a, to a brand story of sustainability. And then how do you create this educational piece about made in China and what it really means and 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 why you do it your way and and who's involved and and trace that back and i think it's i think it's fascinating and Evelyn is one of uh, one of my case studies in one in one of my books and i think the way that they have their radical transparency down is is extremely interesting and it's also very difficult <laughs> you know like like you alluded to right super um, hard but then yeah. it becomes a it becomes a it becomes a usp of your business it becomes something that people wonder why are people so attached to your brand or why are people so it, pe people begin to wonder what the kind of brand equity is or how it was established. But again, it goes back to the things that you build up over time. I, I, I think when you have that clarity of thought, clarity of focus, have your brand pillars, you know, very well understood and integrate kind of brand out decision making and everything you do, that's, that's what it amounts to over time. And then yeah. people are like, oh man, how did you get there? Like, well, it was it was intentional. <laughs> well, and, and and now that you already talked about your brand pillars and 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 you know such, uh, and and I I put out the made in China brand as as one singular brand. Uh, the word branding in itself, which is what I do day in day out, it's also very misunderstood, and it's also it kind of needs a rebranding. <laughs> but it's like, what what does you know after after running this company for for a good number of years now and creating your own brand and and actually going through that process, what what does branding mean to you today? Like how how do you see branding and and, and the power that it has or or or, or the lack thereof? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's funny a lot of times when people think about branding, I, I, they, I, I don't know if this is the same way that you hear it often or, 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 or see it, but I almost felt as if the, the broader understanding was always just, okay, your logo, your design, your color template, your typography, okay, that's your branding. It's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a, the misbranding a of branding, of, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's a very thin window um, to look into to what it means to build a brand and, and what your brand really is. And I think it really is ultimately all of the touch points. Of, it, it is those things, but it's also every touch point of the of the company. It is the the the, the platforms that you're communicating on, the partnerships that you choose to proceed with, the the marketing campaigns that you you lean into it is the tonality and tenor in which you work with every brand or every partner to the company i i really do believe when i say brand out decision making it is knowing what your brand is and then carrying that forward in all aspects of the business from you know the operations uh customer experience you know our entire cx team we we, we kind of very rigorously decided to build that out in-house um, we think that's really important as, you know, 80% of our customers don't have this product before and 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 are, they have not been in this product category before. And we understand there's going to be an education period that we want to really utilize uh, as a unique opportunity. But it's 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 all of those things. It's mm -hmm. all of those things. So oftentimes it's being so more selective than, in, you know, in, in ways of things you say no to. There are so many people that came to us that, you know, have these huge followings. Um, and this is uh, this is now going to come off bombastic, so it's no, <laughs> no two ways about it. But like we, we would say no because I, and the beauty of it, what I loved was without even necessarily kind of 
deliberating yet, you could kind of look around the company and you'd very quickly understand like, yeah, this is, this would not make any sense for who we are as a company. And that's okay. It's yeah. not, it's again, it has nothing to do with disparaging. It's just about knowing who you are. And that fact that there was this tacit understanding across the organization to me was such a beautiful thing. Yeah, no, I love that. And it's, I mean, it's, there's always this fine line between a person and what is what is what is a person as a brand and you make decisions yourself what is good for you and not and who you should surround yourself with and not and it's the same thing with a brand right like that and that and if you really understand your own true personality as a brand you can make these decisions in a second and like you said and the entire team would make the decision exactly in the same direction which it's amazing to hear, especially as a young company and for you as a founder to feel that, that, wow, everyone is so aligned that this opportunity that sounds like an amazing opportunity, if anyone tells their friends that you had that opportunity, to say no is a no-brainer for everyone within the company. That's really cool. I, I, I absolutely love it. I'm a huge advocate for this. I think for anybody who's you know either advising startups, investing in startups, or operating a startup, it's sequentially, I cannot emphasize this enough, the sooner you start this, the better. You don't, you do not wait. You don't like really from day, day zero, you need to have this as, you know, maybe I, this is where, again, like things can change over time. And, and especially in the early days, it's really hard because you're still learning exactly who you are. But to have this as top of mind as something you think about is super, super important because, again, it really, I think, helped us when it goes back to the team side. Hiring, I, I cannot say enough good things about the, the, the team here at Terra Cafe. Um, just how they work together. It's not, it's funny when I say that we all kind of arrived at the same conclusion. It's not that there's a kind of groupthink or this homogenous way of viewing everything. There's a lot of debate. It's, I don't believe in the devil's advocate. I think this is oftentimes like the provoking for provocation's sake, but I, there is a lot of conscientious objection. And that is where if you truly have a difference of opinion, you, you, you present it in a very conscientious manner. And, and the amount of debate, the kind of, um, openness for everyone to leave room for each other is incredibly, it, it's incredibly valuable because you create this, this kind of, you know, I don't want to call it an organism, but you, you certainly create this environment where I, I, I think you have so much clarity and you're building almost like this nucleus that mm -hmm. just, you know, it snowballs over time. It has this very clear gravitational force. It pulls the right people in, you know, the very first, day that we we started selling through the MoMA design store I remember it was our first partner it was like it was so <laughs> obvious to us like yeah this is like everybody shared that same fervor that same feeling where it was like <laughs> electricity in the company because we all knew like yeah this is as far as a first partner there were other people we turned down but there was it, it wasn't that we were in such an advantageous position but we all knew that moment when that happened like wow okay like this is this is really exciting and that's now snowballed into more partners that we're bringing on, but bringing on in a selective manner, being judicious, being discerning. Mm -hmm. This is this is super important, and it just it weaves its way into the DNA. And I'll get off my soapbox now. <laughs> hey, I invited you in the soapbox. You have all the right yeah. to stand there. But we're coming <laughs> we're coming to, to 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 an end very soon, and I want to make sure I ask you this one question because my frequent listeners they expect uh, me to ask this. Um, what is one word that can describe your brand? So if you think about Everlane, we talked about transparency, right? If you think about liquid death, it's mischief. What, what, is, what is one or two words where you feel like if you put the entire brand through a funnel and out comes that one word, what, what would it be? Yeah, I, I, I think for us that, that word would be ritual. 
mm-hmm. that to me mm-hmm. reflects yep. who we are, what we're trying to do. We there is this this you know creation um, or or <laughs> um, reclaiming of moments that matter that is super clear to the mission of this company and empowering or or or, or offering products and 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 solutions to people to kind of create that for themselves it's it's there's an element of discovery in that there's there's this role that coffee plays in our lives that you know i would say could you could look at it as almost like a utilitarian commoditized process or this kind of zombie-esque nature in the morning where you're not you're not really um you know thinking much about it but that those are the moments that we kind of want to reclaim for you know individuals in their in in their daily rituals it's incredibly important to it's something i even share with the team is not to be on autopilot if we're going to be on autopilot let's just not do something because i think this to me is this this is such a critical part of just being a human is to really care about those details care about those moments um and and create solutions that that make that possible in a way. So for me, it's the role that coffee plays. It's it's goes back again to that kind of physical and temporal real estate that we're occupying, respecting it, and being being an advocate for for those rituals in people's daily lives. And going back to that whole, you know, how how you're you're experiencing what Terra Cafe delivers is our attention to that, our devotion to that is is ultimately you know boils down to ritual for me. Absolutely love it. And it's the hardest thing to tap into someone's ritual. But once you're in it, it's the most amazing win for a brand, right? Because rituals don't change often. So it's, uh, it's, 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 it's got, it's got legs in a lot of, in a lot of ways. So to, to finish it off, um, how, where, where can people, uh, find, uh, Terra Cafe? Where can they try out, uh, or see the TK, uh, zero one? And, uh, where can, where can people follow you personally? Yeah, uh, you can, uh, find Terra Cafe on our website, uh, just terracafe.com um, and at Terra Cafe on Instagram. Uh, we, <laughs> we we also have a, a little promo code for your listeners. So uh, oh, well, if anybody perfect. wants to- 50% off, website, you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, our hands are tied then. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, if anybody wants to use the code hitting the mark, uh, they're they're uh, welcome to to use that on our website, and you can also uh, visit us at one of our our brand partners. Uh, you know, we have our products in in uh, Nordstrom, CB2, Mama Design Store. Very cool. Very cool. Um, listen, uh, I, I, uh, Sahand, I, I so appreciate you spending, spending this time with us. Uh, it was, it was so eye opening. loved so many, let's say it pivots, uh, in this conversation. <laughs> thank you. Thank you again. Um, uh, stay, stay in touch and, um, and, uh, and, and, and keep doing what you're doing. I'm excited to see, uh, the next products that are coming out and, 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 and where you're, where you're heading with the brand. Thanks so much, Raymond. It was great. Really enjoyed the conversation. Sahant Dilmagani and the Terra Cafe brand. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I have the conversation. And if so, please subscribe, rate, and share the show. Hitting the Mark is produced by my consultancy, Finian, where we create clarity for brand transformations. This episode was edited by Everett Barton, and the Hitting the Mark theme music was written and produced by Happiness One. I will see you next time when we once again will be hitting the mark.